Welcome to Timber Nook Tips. Welcome to Timbernook Tips. Jeff Johnson here with Angela Hanscom. Um, we've been, we, as listeners know, we record these episodes in batches, and uh, this recording session has been brought to you by dogs. Uh, Angela's had a, a pup doing some barking in the in the background. I've got one that's licking the back of my elbow while I'm trying to talk into a microphone. So um, we may have to come back and just let the dogs do an episode, <laughs> um, put them on on the Zoom platform together. So Angela, we were going to talk about playground restrictions and structures or what are we going into this time? Yeah, so restrictions um, and strict rules at recess time. Well, where should we jump in? So I talked about this in a couple episodes ago that we interviewed children at recess time. And one of the issues that children talked about was that they have playground equipment out there, such as monkey bars, um, you know, and slides and that sort of thing. But one of the girls said, we have monkey bars, but we can't, we can do nothing except for be upright and go across them. Um, she said, we're not allowed to go upside down on the monkey bars and we can't climb across the monkey bars. So I found that really fascinating because, um, again, as an occupational therapist, when we treat children that have tr trouble with attention or, um, you know, balance issues, we want them to go upside down. Um, we want them to, you know, to climb across and challenge themselves in order to, again, um, organize the senses as we've talked about before. And so I, I feel that um, having overly restrictive rules at recess time, not only does it take away choice for children, um, but it also takes away their ability to move their body in the ways it was designed to move. Yeah. Um, and I, I feel strongly that if we continue to do that, that we're, we're creating children that are more and more unsafe um, by overly restricting them and trying to keep them safe. Yeah. Yeah. Because they, they don't learn, they don't learn everything that they can do with their body and they don't have time to practice that. I, I mean, the monkey bars, our thing used to be, you'd have a person start at each end and you'd meet in the middle and you'd have like a, you'd hang there and have like a leg war trying to knock the other person <laughs> off. Um, there's no way that's allowed. Um, and I mean, even, even littler things, I remember being, uh, out for recess with a bunch of kindergartners and first graders years ago. And I reached out and slapped a kid on the shoulder and said, take your it and started to run. And nobody chased me. And I turned around and there were like four kids standing there. Like, are you trying to get us in trouble? We can't, we can't run on the playground. Oh, wow. Um, and I, I mean, I was like, oh, sorry, because, you know, human children are kind of almost wired to run. But it was one of those playgrounds with an asphalt surfacing. And they apparently had one too many scraped knees and banned running on the playground. And so... I mean, what do you, what do we expect children to do? You, you, I mean, I mean, there are playgrounds I've heard recesses. I've heard of it. Recesses. You get to go outside and you get to walk around on the playground. Yeah. I mean, follow yeah, the perimeter really, fence and that kind of stuff. Um, talk about limiting movement, but you're limiting creativity. You're limiting all the benefits we just talked about when you do that. Um, yeah. And so, so I get, I mean, I don't get, but I kind of understand why schools do it. They're worried about liability, and they're worried about a upset parent showing up and and causing a scene in the office and 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 that kind of stuff. 
but you would think these trained professionals who work in a field that pretty much all revolves around the education of children would be a little bit more reliant on what we know about child development and the way children grow and learn. But that doesn't seem to be, it doesn't seem to be put into practice in, a, in so many settings. It's funny because I just recently um, was reviewing an email that um, a four school had sent and they were talking about um, working with a local school and they had built um, nests, like giant nests or something. They're trying to get them to do more outdoor education. Mm -hmm. And the school was actually dis decided to um, not do the nests anymore or were afraid of it. And there was all, it started making all these restrictions around it. Again, limiting the, the play experience because of fear of having sticks out there. And so when we constantly let fear dictate our decisions, we don't always make the best choices when it comes to child development. Um, and I think we're causing way more harm than we realize. And we, some of the stuff we won't understand till later, but it's, it's exactly what we're doing is we're letting fear dictate our decisions. Yeah, yeah. The the fear of of stick. I mean, I know early learning programs where staff are required to do a stick sweep of the playground before the kids go out. So, like, there might be a tree that's like outside the playground, or even the the. Luckily, they have maybe a tree on the playground. They have to like after after a thunderstorm or something. There has been wind. They have to go out and and clear the area of any of those dangerous dangerous sticks. Yeah. Yeah, um, stick is what in the Hall of Fame for the best toy ever, right? Because well, it's like got endless opportunities. Yeah, and, and I mean, look back at human history. How long ago in human evolution did the first human or proto-human child pick up a stick and play with it? Um, right. Hundreds of thousands of years ago? Yeah. And I'm sure we've lost one or two. I mean, we've probably <laughs> literally had an eye or two put out, but... Along that journey, we humans have done pretty well playing with sticks until, I don't know when it became dangerous, 20, 30 years ago, it started becoming dangerous. Yeah. I, um, well, again, it goes back to what you're saying is that children learn to, they learn to regulate that. So, but they need practice using sticks. I remember one time we went in inner city to work with a group and do Timberneck. And these kids had, you can clearly tell they had never had sticks before because they held up the stick and they were all looking at it going, oh, like, <laughs> then they were like, Ooh, like testing it because that's the first thing you do is like, wow, I've got this weapon, you know, like, so it was really, but you know, children that have ample opportunity to use sticks aren't necessarily doing that they're often building with it and using it appropriately so it's really funny if if you are told that this is not a good thing and that this is dangerous that whole mindset um you know and to have fear around that yeah. what are we doing our children yeah now when you did that did you bring your own sticks we had collected sticks in the like we went beyond the fence right oh. <laughs> where they throw all those sticks and brought the sticks in but we we made a mistake because we had multiple loose parts and they just were overwhelmed by it because they had never even just had experience with one loose part it was really interesting yeah i think that that that's kind of a cautionary note for for listeners <laughs> that are that are interested in Re introducing more flexible items, more loose parts into their outside Go play slow. or recess play. <laughs> Go slow. Don't overwhelm everybody because yeah. what happens in those situations is it gets 
overwhelming for everybody. And then, and then you as the adult say, Oh, this, I, I knew this wasn't going to work. <laughs> and you, you give up sooner than you should. You so take up. those, exactly. take those baby steps yes. into, into loose parts, I think is, is Definitely. the advice there. Um, any more on this one? No, I think that's, I think that's good. We could talk just about more in depth on playgrounds though. I was going to say, let's come back in and do a, a, a episode on, on playground equipment and uh, what we're looking for there. Hey, this has been Timber Nook Tips. We will be back next week with another episode. Thanks for taking the time to listen. If you like the show, share it with a friend. If there's something you want us to talk about on future episodes, uh, drop me a line and we will, I will put it on an index card and we will work it into the rotation. Back soon with another episode. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Timber Nook Tips. Share your questions and comments at playvolutionhq.com slash podcast slash timbernook. For more Angela, visit timbernook.com. For more Jeff, visit explorationsearlylearning.com. Like the show? Want to listen to episodes early? Consider becoming a patron. Starting at the $3 a month level, patrons get access to a custom patron-only feed where we put out episodes of Upstairs Studio podcasts like the Child Care Bar and Grill, Miss Becky's Classroom, That Early Childhood Nerd, the Renegade Rules podcast, and others early. That feed is just for patrons. You could be one of them. Go to patreon.com slash playvolutionhq or click the link in the show description to learn more. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh.